Welcome to the Christian Life Austin podcast. Visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, register for an upcoming event, or support the Christian Life ministry through our online giving portal. We trust that you'll enjoy today's message. Thank you once again for listening. a story that I'm going to repeat here today. I preached a sermon called Yes. The promises of God are yea and amen. There are no no's in the promises of God. There's 7,000 of them. That's enough for one promise every day for 19.2 years. That's a lot of promises. And I talked about that and I'm going to use a story in this message today to begin this series of prayer with you with but it's going to be a whole different idea of what we're going to talk about because I believe that prayer is an essential part, and I think if I can get you to fall in love with this thing called prayer, if I can get you to fall in love with prayer, get you to fall in love with communication with deity, you will be a much further man down and a woman down the road of life. Amen? So let's go to the book of 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 1. 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 1. And it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. From Gilgal. Then I want to read from the book of Isaiah, chapter number 40, verse 22. It says, It is he who sits above the circle of the earth. Everybody say, It is he. That's the Lord who sits above the circle of the earth. And its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretches out the heavens like a curtain. And spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. And then I want to go to the book of Job chapter 22. Here's what I want to say. Receive please instruction from his mouth and lay up words in your heart. The Bible also says declare a thing. Declare a thing and it shall be done unto you. Everybody say declare a thing. Declare a thing and it shall be done unto you. In fact... Let me open up my Bible here today if I can get these readers on. Don't make fun of my Benjamin Franklins, okay? All right, Nehemiah, Esther, Job. All right, let me read it here because it's, exact, it's not exactly what I wanted on the screen there. Let me read it right here to you. Uh, chapter 22 and verse 28. Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee. And the light shall shine upon your way. Everybody say, it's time to decree and see some things be established in my life. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. The Circle Maker, part one today. Out of the Jewish history books, such as the writings of Josephus and others, there is a story. It's in the first century B.C., and it was, there was a devastating drought that threatened to destroy a generation, the generation before Jesus Christ. The last of the Jewish prophets had died off nearly four centuries before. Miracles were such distant memories that they seemed like false memories. And God was nowhere to be heard, and there was one man, an eccentric sage, who lived outside the walls of Jerusalem, who dared pray anyway. His name was Honi, H-O-N-I. And even if the people could no longer hear God, he believed that God could still hear them. When rain is plentiful, many times it's an afterthought. But during a drought, it is the only thought. And Honi was their only hope. 
famous for his ability to pray for rain, it was on his day, on this day, the day that Honey would earn his moniker as the circle maker. With a staff in his hand, Honey began to turn like a math compass, 90 degrees, 180 degrees, 270 degrees, and 360 degrees. He never looked up as the crowd looked on. And after what seemed like hours had been only a few seconds, Honey stood inside the circle that he had drawn. Then he dropped to his knees and raised his hands to heaven. And with the authority of the prophet Elijah, who called down fire from heaven, Honey called down rain. When he prayed this prayer, Lord of the universe, I swear before your great name that I will not move from this circle until you have shown mercy upon your children. The word sent a shudder down the spine of all who were within earshot that day. It wasn't just the volume of his voice. It was the authority of his tone. Not one hint of doubt was in his prayer. In fact, his prayer was so resolute yet humble, so confident yet meek, so expectant and yet unassuming. Then it happened. Raindrops began to fall. And as his prayer ascended to the heavens, raindrops descended to the earth. And there was an audible gasp that swept across the thousands of congregants who had encircled Honey. Every head turned heavenward as the first raindrops parachuted from the sky. But Honey's head remained bowed. The people rejoiced over every drop, but Honey wasn't satisfied with the sprinkle. Still kneeling within the circle, he lifted his voice. Over the sounds of celebration, he said, Lord, not for such rain have I prayed, but for rain that will fill cisterns, and rain that will fill pits, and rain that will fill caverns. And all of a sudden, the sprinkle turned into such a torrential downpour that eyewitnesses said no raindrop was smaller than an egg in size. It might have grown during the years. But it rained so heavily and so steadily that the people fled to the Temple Mount to escape the flash floods. Honey stayed and prayed inside the protracted circle. Once more, he refined his bold request. He said, not for such rain have I prayed, Lord, but for rain of thy favor, for rain of thy blessings, and for rain of thy graciousness. Then it began to rain calmly. It began to rain peacefully. Each raindrop was a tangible token of God's magnificent grace. And they didn't just soak the skin. They soaked the spirit with faith. It would be forever remembered as the day. The day that thunderclaps applauded the Almighty. The day that puddle jumping became an act of praise. And the day that the legend of the circle maker was born. It had been difficult to believe the day before the day, but the day after the day, it was impossible not to believe. The prayer that saved a generation was deemed one of the most significant prayers in the history of all of Israel. The circle he drew in the sand became a sacred symbol. And the legend of Honey, the circle maker, stands forever as a testament to the power of a single prayer to change the course of history in our lives. Amen. I want to talk to you about the power of a single prayer. See, the earth has circled the sun for more than 2,000 times since the day Honey drew his circle in the sand. 
But God is still looking for people who are circle makers. And the timeless truth secreted within this ancient legend as a true now, as true now as it was then, that bold prayers honor God. And God honors bold prayers. God is not offended, folks, by the biggest dreams or the boldest prayer. I'll tell you what he is offended by. He's offended by anything less than that. If your prayers aren't impossible to you, they are insulting to God. Why? Because they didn't require divine intervention. But ask God to part a Red Sea. Ask God to make the sun stand still or to float an axe head and God is moved into omnipotent action. There is nothing God loves more than keeping promises and answering prayers and performing miracles and fulfilling dreams. That's who he is. That's what he does. He said it. Is there anything too hard for me? I can do whatever I want to do because I am God. I'm trying to get you to fall in love. And the bigger the circle we draw, the better because God gets more glory. It is he that sitteth on the circle of the earth. The greatest moments in life are the miraculous moments when human impotence and divine omnipotence intersect. They intersect when we draw a circle around our impossible situations in our lives and invite God to intervene. I promise you this morning one thing. God is ready and God is waiting. So while I have no idea what circumstances you find yourself in, I am confident of this one thing, that when you pray to him with faith believing, when you put your dreams in a circle, when you put a circle around the promise in the word of God or a miracle you won't perform, it's absolutely imperative at the outset that you come to terms with the simple yet life-changing truth. God is for you and he wants you to have the miracle and the prayer answered in your life that you've been wanting in your life for a long time because God answers prayer say amen to that that's right God answers prayer if you don't believe that you will believe you will pray small and timid prayers if you don't believe that then you'll, have, you'll pray, if you do believe that, then you'll have big, audacious prayers. And one way or another, your small, timid prayers or big, audacious prayers will change the trajectory of your life and turn it into two totally different people. See, prayers, folks, are prophecies. They are best predictors of your spiritual future. Who you become is determined by how you pray. Ultimately, the transcript of your prayers become the script of your life. Let me tell you about the Jericho miracle. Last week I talked about leaping over walls, but I did mention this Jericho miracle. Jericho was a city that was walled in Canaan. And when the Israelites came into the land of promise, they encircled the great and ancient metropolis that was Wall City. The mud brick walls were so thick and so tall that the 12-acre city appeared to be an impregnable fortress. It seemed like God had promised something impossible and the battle plan seemed nonsensical. Your entire army is to march around the city one time for six days. 
And then on the seventh day, you're to march around the city seven times. And every soldier in the army wondered why. Why not a battering ram, God? Why don't we scale the walls? Why don't we use flaming arrows to shoot over that wall? Instead, God told that army to silently circle the city. And he promised after circling 13 times over seven days that the walls would fall flat. And at three miles per hour, a mile and a half march around the city took half an hour. And by nine o'clock, they had started their final lap that morning. Not a word had been spoken for seven days. Then the priests sounded their horns and a simultaneous shout followed. And 600,000 Israelites raised a holy war, roar that rested on the Richter scale. And the walls came tumbling down flat. After seven days of circling Jericho, God delivered on a 400-year-old promise because God proved once again that his promises do not have an expiration date. If you believe that God can do something in your life and you trust that he will do something in your life, you hold on to that promise because I don't care what the expiration says in hell. God has no expiration date in heaven. He can give you a promise now that you prayed for 20 years ago because he's that kind of God. I'm trying to get you to fall in love with prayer. Would one of you young men, would one of my pastors go get me some water? I have battled the flu all week and I got me a shot the other day and it made me feel good, but it also dried out my talker. I never drank water during my sermon, but I need some water today. Forgive me, I, that, that embarrassed me to have to tell you that. Let me talk to you about the Gilgal phenomenon. The Gilgal phenomenon. I read it to you on the screen. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 19. There was a man plowing in a field one day with 12 yoke of oxen. And the next day, he was following the most powerful prophet in Israel a man by the name of Elijah. By the touch of one mantle, Elisha, the understudy, slew 12 yoke of oxen and left them in the field to follow a man of God. And he followed him for, say, 10 years. Say it with me, 10 years. He followed him for 10 years. And in those 10 years, Elijah dwelt in four places in those 10 years. Stay with me now. He spent perhaps with Elijah a day apiece in a place called Bethel, in a place called Jericho, in a place called Jordan. But Elisha spent 10 years with Elijah in Gilgal. It was the place that Israel had camped when they had come into the promised land. See, Bethel means house of God. Jericho means a pleasant place. Jordan means a place of separation. Oh, by the way, Gilgal means a circle of stones. Gilgal means a circle of altars. Gilgal means a place where you stand. It's a circle of standing according to Strong's Concordance. So for 10 years, after being touched by a mantle in a field, Elisha stayed in a place that we thought he was just going in circles. But what we did not know was in that circle, he was praying every day. Lord, something touched me in that field that made me slaughter 12 yokes of, 12 yoke of oxen, that made me walk away from what I was doing. And Lord, all I'm asking for and all I'm praying for 
is in this 10 years or however long I have to pray, I want what that man has. I want what that old boy that touched me has. I don't know how long it's going to take, but I'm going to stay here until I feel that you're going to give me what I've prayed for, and I'm not going to leave until it happens. I believe, I believe with all my heart that it wasn't Elijah that made the word to go to Bethel that day. I think it was the Lord speaking to Elijah because he said, Elijah, there's a young man that you have touched 10 years ago that is ready to receive what you have to give him. And Elijah said, all right, Elisha, I need to go today to Bethel. You stay here and I'll go yonder. And Elisha said, no, not today and not tomorrow. I'm not staying here any longer. I'm coming out of this place because God's answered my prayer. He hadn't even asked what he wanted yet, but Elisha knew what he wanted in his heart. And he went down to Bethel and he said, Elisha, I want you to stay here. I'm going to Jericho. And he said, that's all right. I'm not going to stay here either. I'm going to go with you to Jericho because something on the inside was telling him, I'm going to answer that prayer today. I'm going to give you your victory today. And he said, I want you to stay. And when he got there to Jericho, there were some sons of the prophets that were there, and they were real spiritual. And they looked at him, and they said, hey, your master's going to be taken away from you today. And Elisha looked back at him, he said, that's all right, hold your peace. I'm good, I'm cool. Because I know what God spoke to me in the circle back at Gilgal. I've circled some things in my life, and I believe that God's given me something. And it was there that the prophet looked at him and said, what do you want from me? He said, I want a double portion of your spirit. Now, I don't want to sound like I'm out in left field, but does anybody want a double portion blessing from God? How about it, businessman? How about it, young lady trying to start a business? Would you like God to do something double for you in 2013 that you didn't have in 2012? How about a... Hey, how about God doing twice as much for you this year as he's ever done for you in any year? How about that? Do you think that that's worth praying over? I want, I want, I want to speak to you. Be seated. I want to speak to you. I want to tell you something. It doesn't matter if you don't know how to pray just yet. It's never too late to learn. You know what prayer is? Prayer is simply communication. It's not texting God. It's communication with God. But I guarantee he'd take a text right now because there's so many people not talking to him any longer because they think, what's the use of talking to him? I'm going to tell you what's the use of talking to him. He's still a miracle working God. Say amen to that. He's still a miracle worker. And Elisha caught something in the circle at Gilgal that when Elijah asked for, what do you want from me? He was as bold as a lion. He said, I want a double portion of your spirit. At the end of this service today, I'm going to do something I've never done in all of my pastorate here. I'm going to ask every businessman, every businesswoman. I'm going to ask everybody that's employed, and you want to see God do something greater in your life. I'm going to ask you to come. We're going to pray over your businesses today. We're going to start this prayer this year by, by praying over your businesses because I believe that when business people are blessed, that God's kingdom is blessed.
I believe that when men and women who love God see their business blessed, they understand that it was God that sent them here. It was God that brought them this blessing. It was God that touched their life. They're going to bless the kingdom. And when you bless the kingdom, the kingdom's going to bless the community because that's how it works. Give me my staff. Give me my staff. So here I am. This is my staff. I've been making some circles in my life since the first of the year. I've been drawing some circles and I'm standing in it. And I'm saying, God, I don't want everybody to know it, but here's what I want, God. I want us to have about 100 more tithers in the next month and a half in this church. Is that wrong to pray for? I want people that's never understood the tithing principle to start giving. Because, God, there's something you want to do for CLC in 2013. And I'm going to believe that you're going to give us more givers. And by giving us more givers, you're going to also bless the people that's already given. So I made me another circle right here. And I said, God, I want every businessman. I want every businesswoman. I want every business person. I want every business entity to be blessed this year like it's never been blessed before. Because I've got givers in this church. We've got people that love the work of God. And I want them to see them blessed like they've never been blessed in all their life. And I made me another circle. And I'm in this circle. And I'm saying, God, there's people that like to have a job. They'd like to get a promotion. They need a promotion, God, because they're not getting what they need to get in order to bless the kingdom of God. It's all about the kingdom of God, folks. If you're not in the kingdom of God, there's no need to be praying for you. But if you want to see the kingdom of God go forward, we're fighting hell and all of his enemies right now. We're fighting everything we can to keep a church door wide open. But there are people in this house that I prayed for. I want new tithers. I want people that's already given to be blessed double. And I want people to get promotions in this church. And you know what? When I walk out of this place in 21 days, we're going to see miracles in this house. We're going to see the glory in this house. By January the 27th, we're going to have miracles being talked about in this house because God honors circle makers. He honors it. He honors it. What do you want from me? I want a double portion. 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 We got a call this week about three little old kids that were born, triplets that were born to Vicente and Nicole. They're at NICU down at Seton. Those kids have just started coming to church. The woman that told us about them has been coming to our church for two months. Yet they have picked up already that there's something happening at CLC. There's a miracle waiting for them right here at CLC. And so when we heard about it, we drew a circle and got inside it and said, Lord, we need a miracle for Vicente and Nicole. These babies need a miracle. The mother had not seen the baby. She did not want to see the baby until a pastor came and helped pray for those babies because one of them was about to die. They're premature triplets born in six months instead of nine. They weighed about a pound, a pound and a half apiece. And one of them was not going to make it, had blood on the brain. And they were just, they're going, going to take it off the respirator and just say it, it's over. It's not going to happen. All of them were on oxygen, all of them. 
Brother Thomas and Nancy went down there on Friday, and they, they, they got inside a circle. Hallelujah. And they started praying for those babies, all three of them. And now, the next day, Vicente called Brother Tom, and I may not have this story just exactly right, but Vicente called Brother Tom and said, Brother Tom, said, let me tell you something, miracles have happened to our babies. Said the two, two of them that were healthy enough to make it, they're, all, they're almost all off of oxygen now, and they're taking four ounces of milk, mother's milk, every day. They're drinking mother's milk every day. And said the little boy that had blood on the brain and he was 80% on oxygen, he's down to 28% of oxygen and the blood's gone from the brain. He's had a miracle in his eyes. Somebody say amen. Prayer still changes things. I'm drawing a circle. It's time to believe that God can do anything. Do you need something flattened in your life? You need to get past your past. You need to have power over something in your future. These miracles I told you about Jericho's walls falling. Elisha getting a double portion. One getting something out of your way. Another giving you power to go through some things. It's simply because people got in the circle of God. For it is he that sitteth on the circle of the earth. And he made this globe in a circle. And we're already in his circle. <laughs> That's why he loves us so much. But when we make our circle inside of his circle, there's something powerful that can come in a moment in your life. So what are you doing, Pastor? I'm calling this church to a 21-day prayer cycle. I'm calling this church to a 21-day prayer time where you get up every morning and you put yourself in a circle and say, God, I'm going to circle some promises in my life. I'm going to get my Bible out and read it, and I'm going to circle some things in the Word because I believe that you are a circle keeper yourself, and you will keep my prayers, and you will keep my heart, and you will give me the desire of my heart because I want to please you with my prayer. Say amen to that. Say amen to that. So what if Jesus asked you one day, what do you want from me? What do you want from me? He walked into the same city of Jericho one day. I got to hold my staff. I'm preaching with my staff today. He walked into a city one day and there were two blind men that came to him and said, Thy son of David, have mercy on us. And Jesus looked at him and said, What do you want me to do for you? Duh, Jesus, duh. Duh. Jesus, I thought you were smarter than that. No, 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 he is. But he wanted them to tell him what they wanted. There's too much of this, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God business. Oh God. You know, you don't have to pray all day. I like, I like businessmen that can close a deal right now. I like those kind of people. I like men that walk in and say, hey, hey God, I'm your man. Let's get it going. Hey God, we don't have to go up here behind some veil we don't have to go up here and back in the prayer room and, and just get out and say, oh, God. We need to look up. He is our daddy. He's our father. 
We need to look up and say to him, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. By the way, God, I've made me a circle down here. And I want to talk to you about it. Let's shake on it, God. I want something in my life in 2013. I want a double portion in my business. I want the wall to come down between me and my partner. I want things to happen in my life in 2013. So I'm going to believe you that you're going to be able to close the deal in my life because I want victory like I've never had it in my life, in my business, in my home, in my life, in my family, in my children. I want victory in my life this year. Amen. What do you want God to do in your life? See, well-developed faith results in well-defined prayers. And well-defined prayers result in a well-lived life. Here's the deal. If you have something you want God to do, you need to spell it out. Honey wanted rain, and rain came. The Israelites wanted the walls to fall, and they fell. Elisha wanted the double portion of Elijah's spirit, and he got it. It may not happen overnight, but you might ought to start praying for it today. Because God answers prayer. I've been, I've, been, I've been talking to a lot of wonderful people here at the end of the year. And I've been wishing them the greatest year ever in 2013. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I mean I want everybody in this church to have the greatest year ever financially, physically, spiritually, emotionally. I want your life to just be absolutely overboard with goodness and gladness and happiness and joy in your life. And I know that money, I know that money, the love of it's the root of all evil, but money is a thing that also makes a men to an end. And I believe that we need more money than we have a month in our life in order for us to be a happy people that we need to be. But I also believe, I also believe that God Almighty has people marked in this church. I believe that with everything that's in me. And this church is ready. It's ready right now. I'm going to share it right now. I got, I got my little circle here. This church is ready right now to take a quantum leap into the future. It's ready right now. I'm going to talk plain to you. This church is ready to move forward. This church has a propensity to allow people to walk in here and feel like that they're at home when they walk in the church. This church has a propensity with a music program to bless people beyond, beyond imagination. This church has a propensity by a staff to absolutely go where other, other staffs will not go. People have walked in here and said, this is the best frontline staff I've ever seen in my life in any church I've ever been to. And I'm here to tell you something. God is ready for this church to break out. But this church also has members in it that are above and beyond the call of duty in life. Some of the cleanest, some of the neatest people in all the world go to CLC. People that won't hurt you, people that'll be good to you, people that'll love you, people that'll care for you. And God is telling me, because I've been praying, God, I want to preach a, I want to preach a coming out service. I want to preach a service where we can just say, you know what? We're moving out this year in 2013. We're going to explode. We're going to do some things in God. We're going to walk out on faith. And God said, you know what? It's really not faith, son, because I told you that if you would trust me. 
me that I would build for you a church in Austin, Texas, and I would build Austin, Texas a place in South Austin where people could come and find salvation and find reality in their life. So I've been praying that kind of prayer. I've been praying. I've been praying it for, for, for months. I've been saying, God, every morning I hit the floor and say, God, I, I, I need to see what you're going to do for us in 2003. I need to see it. I need to see it. It's a new day. It's a new year. And I don't want you to get antsy. I'm not fixed to take an offering. We never have done that. We're not going to start today. But I'm going to tell you what God has told me to do. God's told me to tell you that he's got a building for us. He has got a north campus for us. We're already working on that. That's already, that already developing. We have got some things are happening. We may even start a south campus because I believe with everything that's in me that it's time for this church to expand and broaden itself and allow people all over Austin to feel the experience of CLC. Pastors, that mean you're going to leave this church? No, I'm going to be right here every Sunday morning. But I want to tell you something. It's time for North Austin to feel the CLC experience. It's time for South people to feel the CLC experience. It's time for the joy of the Lord to baptize this whole place. Would you mind getting on your feet and clapping for me right now and clapping for the Lord? Because I believe with all my heart in the years that I've pastored here, the best days of CLC are yet to come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the Lord, the Lord told me, let me hurry. The Lord told me, claim your promise. Spell your miracle. Habakkuk chapter 2, he said, then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. Make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it will speak. It will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. Because it will surely come. It will not tarry. I believe that when I wrote it down a few days ago, that this is what I want God to do with Christian Life Church. Even though it may impact the immediate membership of this congregation. And we think, well, where's everybody at? God's going to allow this church not only to go back to where it is today and greater numbers. He's going to allow us to build a new sanctuary. He's going to allow us to stack a parking lot in this new area over here. We're going to have people coming in and out of CLC 24-7. I believe that with all my heart. God told me when I was 60 years old, this was going to be my greatest decade. And all of a sudden, I'm getting a glimpse of it. Because people are calling and saying, Pastor, would you come north? People are calling and saying, would you come south? And I'm here to declare something to you. We're going to move as God asks us to move. We're going to spread this church. We're going to spread the glory. We're not going to ask you to do any more. We're just going to ask you to pray and let God bless your business and bless your home and bless your community and bless everything you do. And then you'll bless the kingdom of God. So, Lord, 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 I've never, 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 never had a voice like this. Forgive me. Forgive me. My voice is the strongest thing on me. I guess I need to start lifting weights with my vocal cords. I challenge you to a 21-day prayer challenge. I challenge you. Daniel prayed 21 days. And Michael finally got Gabriel through with the word. 
21 days, there's something about a 21-day prayer time. It's a three-week thing. It says, many people say it takes three weeks to break a habit. And sometimes we need to break a habit of non-prayer. We need to pray every morning. I encourage you businessmen and businesswomen. I encourage you people that are working and want promotions in your job. I encourage you families that are, that are, that are kind of lagging and saying, well, my family's not where it ought to be. I encourage you to pray every morning. I'm not asking you to pray an hour. I'm just asking you to get up and hit the floor and say, Lord, I'm your kid. I'm your servant. I belong to you. You are my Savior. You're my God. And I want to please you today. And by the way, Lord, I have some requests I'd like to present to the throne today. And just start believing that God can do anything. Believing that God can make it rain in your life. Believe that God can make it fall in your life right upon your head. Raindrops the size of eggs. Make sure that you understand that when you start praying, you better get your basket ready. Because God's fixing to fill it up. Because prayer still changes things. So, tell God what you want. Do you want peace in your household? Do you want provision for your needs? Do you want health for your family? Do you want salvation for your kids? Do you want harmony and friendship in your marriage? Do you want soundness of mind? Do you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit in your life? Do you want authority over evil spirits? Do you want favor coming and going? Do you want success on your company? Do you want promotion on your job? So here's what I'm telling you. I want God to give our business owners huge success. I want you to have bountiful blessings. I want you to have more jobs than you can handle. I want you to have more work than you can take on. I want you to have greater ideas to achieve capital for the kingdom of God. I want people who work jobs to get promotions, abounding blessings, unreal surprises, commissions that stagger you and those around you. You who don't have jobs, I want you to get the best one you've ever had. Be blessed abundantly. Be lifted on your pay scale. I want God to bless you coming in and going out in your life. In fact, I'm going to give you some scriptures that I want you to circle. I want you to write these, these scriptures down. I'm going to close with this. I want you to write some of these scriptures down. Psalms chapter 112 and 3. I want you, wealth and riches will be in his house. And his righteousness will endure forever. Write that down. Circle it. Ecclesiastes 3 and 13 says, And also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. Circle it in your Bible. Circle it in your mind. Proverbs 15 and 6 says, in the house of the righteous there is much treasure. But in the revenue of the wicked is trouble. I want you to circle that. Circle Deuteronomy 11 and 15. Circle this. And I will send grass in your fields for your livestock that you may eat and be filled. Say amen to that. Circle it. I want you to circle Psalms 128 and 2. I want you to circle it. When you eat the labor of your hands, you shall be happy. And it shall be well with you. It shall be well with you. I want you to circle Psalms 1 and 3. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Whatever he does shall prosper. Hold your hands out, people. Hold your hands out in the name of the Lord. I command blessing on your hands right now. I pray a blessing on your family right now. 
I pray a blessing on your life right now. Hold your hands out and receive it. The rain's about to come in your life. I pray the favor of God on you in 2013 like you've never experienced in your life. I pray the bountiful blessings of heaven. I pray that God will send his blessing and send his favor and send his glory on your family. I pray your kids will be saved. I pray your family will be saved. I pray everything in your house will be touched by the hand of God. I believe in the name of Jesus that we're going to see the greatest year and the greatest blessing and the greatest honor and the greatest favor and the greatest glory we have ever witnessed in our life in Jesus' name right now. Receive it, receive it, receive it, receive it, receive it, receive it, receive it. In the name of the Lord. 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 I close today. Plane was waiting for takeoff one day, headed to a particular city. We'll just say Cleveland for a good story. Woman sitting on the plane. She noticed on one side of the airplane there was a sunset covered the entire sky with glorious color. But on the other side, out her window, next to her seat, all she could see was a dark, threatening sky with no sign of the sunset. And as the plane engine began to roar, the gentle voice spoke to her and said, you've noticed the windows, murmured beneath the roar of the plane and the thrust of the takeoff. Your life, too, will contain some happy, beautiful times, but also some dark shadows. Here's a lesson I want to teach you to save you much heartache and allow you to abide in me with continual prayer and peace and joy. You see, it doesn't matter which window you look through. This plane is going to Cleveland. This plane is going to Cleveland. You have a choice. You can either trust it or you can think, make the weather doubt it. But this plane's going to Cleveland. And the Lord simply said, you can dwell in the gloomy picture or you can dwell in the beautiful sunset. I can handle both of them alone anyway. And the final destination is not how you feel after you get through praying or before you go into prayer. The final destination's already been set. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to believe me that when I say I can deliver, I will deliver because I'm a God that speaks truth. I sit on the circle of the earth. I know what a circle is. I know what prayer is. And I can help you. I want everybody in this building that is in business, whether you work for somebody in business or whether you're in business yourself, I want you to stand to your feet right now. I want you to stand up right now all over the house. Look at this. Isn't this beautiful? Come on. Come on. Come on. All over the house. Now, I want you to do something. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. I want you to do something for me right now. I want you to believe that right now there's going to be a transference of something from my heart to your heart. I want you to believe there's going to be a move from my heart to your heart this morning. That I am going to speak a word to you. I'm going to bless you in the name of the Lord. I'm going to call the name of the Lord over your business and over your job. That God will promote everything you do this year. He'll promote it. You'll live in a life of promotion and not demotion.
but your life will be promoted. There's a precious couple that's just moved to Austin because of a promotion in life. God is going to bring people, I believe with all my heart, to promotion in 2013. This is the year of promotion. 12 was promise. This is the year of promotion. We're going to see a promotion in your life, a promotion in your call, a promotion in your business. Now, I want you to raise your hands with your eyes closed. Just raise your hands. And right now, in the name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus, because I have prayed over what I'm going to do today, Lord, I command in the name of the Lord. You said concerning the works of my hands, command ye me. So in the name of the Lord, I command that somehow through your divine will, you're going to bless these people. You're going to bless these people beyond measure this year. They're going to be Elisha's receiving a double portion in their life. They're going to shake their head and say, I don't get it. But they're going to be jumping puddles. They're going to be dancing. They're going to be rejoicing because you're going to bless this church. I have never prayed this kind of prayer in 22 and a half years at this church. But I'm praying for a financial blessing to baptize Christian Life Church and for people to get promotions on their jobs and for people that don't have jobs to find jobs in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I bless, I bless this congregation today. I bless this congregation today. I bless it. I bless it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God, while we're at it, I didn't even mention the fact that you want us to build an orphanage in Honduras this year. I didn't even mention that, but God, we want to do that also. We want this church to make a mark in society this year. God, bless these people that are standing. Lift your hands high and receive it right now. Bless these people who are standing right now. Let favor, let favor fall on them right now and let them understand that you are God of their life. And you're a circle maker and you understand people, God, that make it rain in life. Bless them right now. Strengthen them right now. Bless them right now as they walk out of here. Let them feel the favor and the glory and the power and the grace of Almighty God. In Jesus' name. 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 Let me ask you something. If you receive that today, I want you to step out in an aisle. Just step, just step laterally out to an aisle. And I want you to lift your hands above your head. Just clap your hands all over you. All over your head. Right here. Come on. I receive that. 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 I receive it. 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 Come on, clap your hands. Big, loud. Come on, 
to me. Listen to me. It's time to go, but listen to me. You got to get this. When God does it, not if he does it, when God does it. When God does it. I want you to write it down and say he did it and date it. I want you to date that he did it in your life. When God touches your child, when God heals somebody in your family, when God gives you that promotion, when God starts blessing your business twofold, fourfold, when God starts doing it, write it down. Don't let that day ever get away from your life because prayer also has some praise attached to it. Prayer has some praise attached to it and you gotta say thanks every now and then. You gotta say thanks every now and then. You gotta say thanks every now and then. And God is gonna bless you and you're gonna say thanks and it's gonna be an awesome, awesome year for you. The circle maker, get inside your circle every morning and say, Lord, make it rain my life let the rain fall the blessing from heaven fall heal this drought touch our spirits heal our family heal our home heal our children let it rain lord let it rain in our life dear father i love you today i thank you for this morning thank you for right now i thank you for who you are and what you are and what you've already done for us 2012 was not a bummer it really wasn't but it was a preparation. It was a preparation time. I feel that this is the year of the baker's dozen. We're gonna see a promotion in this church. We're gonna see this church promoted in the name of the Lord. 2013 is gonna be a year of our Lord that we're gonna see things promoted in our life, blessed in our life, excited, enlarged in our life. In Jesus' name, let it happen. Everybody say, I believe it, Pastor. I receive it, Pastor. I accept it, Pastor. Now walk out of here with that faith in your heart and understand that if God's for you, who'd be against you? Come on, right now. Right now. I love you. I love you. And that concludes today's podcast. Thanks again for listening.